All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Schreiber and this is Bull Bear Radio. We're recording using Zoom today, so you know the audio quality may not be the best ever, but we are going to bring you an action-packed episode here. And actually, uh, for some of you, if you want to, we're going to release this, I hope, on the internet and with the video, so you can see Matt Schreiber and Don Schreiber. And we're going to have some visual aids here on some of the things we're talking about today. So, Don, I want to bring you right in here. And, um, you know, let's recap. It's Friday. What, what uh, you know, indexes are doing so far today. Uh, give, us, give me a moment here. Let's talk about the markets, man. What's well, Matt, you know, today? It, today's the first day of May. And uh, some people talk about selling May and go away. We've got the Dow Industrials down about 685 points at the moment, or about just under 3%. The S&P's down 3 The NASDAQ index is down 3.3%. And the uh, smaller company index, the Russell uh, 2000's down uh, in the mid-fours. So, you know, today is not a great day in the markets uh, for uh, the first day of May. So, Uh, you know. You know, April was a great month, so we had a nice rally, a nice rebound here, right? Um, probably one on of the, the best months ever. Probably on the back of uh, unprecedented Federal Reserve uh, stimulus, you know, uh, massive government programs here and such. But, you know, uh, markets are pretty fully valued. I'm seeing a, a forward P.E. of 19 for the S&P. Uh, I think trailing's in the 23 neighborhood at the moment. So, you know, wouldn't you say that's a pretty healthy uh, valuation level given, given what's going on with this crisis at the moment? I, you know, my, my, my personal opinion is that the uh, pricing in the market defies logic. You know, I've been doing this for almost 40 years, uh, managing money for folks. And, you know, there's typically a good, strong relationship between uh, earnings uh, corporate fundamentals, and the price at which stocks trade. But for the last five years or so, the Fed has really um, m- been manipulating the market with monetary policy and, um, you know, their, their uh, Fed speak to essentially uh, keep the markets in a very positive trend, keep consumers engaged, keep consumers spending so that we have uh, GDP growth. And I think that the, their most recent effort to try to um, you know, offset the economic damage that the coronavirus is, uh, you know, and the shutdown have uh, essentially foisted on America and the rest of the world is, you know, causing uh, market prices to be insanely uh, different than what they uh, should have been. I mean, you know, the Fed has increased their balance sheet. Um, they've doubled their balance sheet in the last uh, month or so to try to, you uh, increase the amount of capital that's in the system. 
uh, to offset some of the economic damage that we've seen. And so, you know, one of the things that I think we need to do is we need to kind of gain some perspective on where we are. And uh, we can see that the uh, continuing jobless claims, and this is through uh, April 17th, uh, which is the most recent information we have here in Bloomberg, shows about 18 million jobs uh, lost. And that is, you know, March and April, uh, 18 million up until the 17th. Since then, we've had another 9 million jobs lost. So about uh, 30 million total now. We're just under 30 million, which is a higher uh, or about the same level as the Great Depression. And we expect that there'll be some more job losses during the month of May for sure. So it's kind of crazy, you know, that one of the things that pushed the market higher that the Fed has been selling to the public is, you know, we had this very low unemployment, which indicated the economy was in pretty good shape. In fact, you know, the economy was doing okay. We had about a 2% growth rate. Um, we can see here from this uh, chart, which is the Atlanta Fed GDP now forecast. And we can see that <clears throat> uh, GDP has collapsed 16% uh, in um, uh, the last couple of months. And, you know, we had the shutdown basically from the second week of March through the end of April. So we've had about six weeks of shutdown so far in the economy, and we've already lost, um, you know, 16% growth. We're in a negative 16, almost 17% growth rate. And the forecast by economists are that we're looking at possibly the second quarter being the worst ever at a minus 40%, meaning the economy is going to have uh, fall or have negative growth by 40%, which is just an astounding number, almost unimaginable. So, you know, let, let's switch gears quick. We're trying to pack a lot into a short episode here today because we really want to get a lot of information out to folks. You know, we just had our, our last podcast hit, you know, a couple of days ago on iTunes. This one will hit iTunes again very, very soon. Again, if you want to watch the video form or maybe we'll have some of these charts on our WBIinsights.com site. Um, but I wanted to uh, quickly get to uh, Don Schreiber earnings season. We've got a lot of companies reporting so far, and I'm going to throw up here. Uh, I'm not going to throw up. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but but <laughs> earnings might make you throw that'd, up. That'd be some ugly, uh, some ugly podcasting right there. That would be some terrible podcasting. Uh, and and actually, you know, it might be so gross that. You get a lot more eyeballs and it'd be like go viral in, in a really good way, but bad way quick. So anyway, here's earnings, you know, for the most current earnings season. And a couple of notable things right off the top here, I see like, hey, revenue growth is actually about 1% for 278 companies reporting. That's not too shabby given, you know, we did have one really bad month here. But I mean, it's still a positive number. Obviously, earnings growth negative. And we have to keep, Matt, Matt, we have to keep in mind that um, the earnings season, we're really reporting on Q1 earnings, the first quarter. And the first quarter goes through 331. So uh, January and February, we're good. January, January and February, we're not, you know, um, heavily impacted by the coronavirus. As I said, in March, we only had two weeks where we were shut down. 
uh, you know, fairly well nationally um, by the coronavirus. Uh, and that really had a, a pretty big impact, not only on the economy, but on corporate um, earnings and revenue. Uh, but it was only two weeks. So what we're going to review here, uh, folks have to keep in mind, is really got only uh, two weeks of uh, COVID-19 impact. Yeah, so, you know, um, your materials, industrials, uh, and energy where you're, you're really the hardest hit. And obviously with uh, commodity prices taking such a, uh, a, a substantial hit, no, no shocker there. But you do see healthcare, you know, had some really nice sales growth, consumer staples with uh, some of the hoarding in the last couple of weeks and uh, such probably helped those companies out a bit. Consumer discretionary, you'll see, I mean, earnings weren't so good, a negative 15 and uh, some sales growth from a, a revenue perspective, which is a little bit shocking, given that the last two weeks probably were impacted significantly. I would, I would, you know, extrapolate here, though, that the forward coming uh, quarter here for consumer discretionary is going to be a disaster, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? I would. You know, one of the things that's just astounding to me, uh, again, historically, is uh, we've got the worst performing uh, sector in the S&P 500 uh, was financials from an earnings standpoint, uh, you know, down 41 percent. Um, year over uh, year quarter. It, and I mean, that's a huge decline. And uh, for the last two weeks of the uh, uh, of April, financials were rallying very strongly. So, you know, this complete disconnect is the thing that surprises me between um, actually what the fundamentals are telling us about different stocks and sectors uh, and how the economy is doing and how prices are reacting. There so, seems, so it seems to be you know, a, uh, a little bit of insanity going on in terms of pricing in the marketplace versus what the reality is. And, you know, it stays like today in the market where we see, you know, the market's down two or 3% where, you know, you think maybe, you know, investors are waking up to the reality of the damage that's being caused by, you know, this uh, uh, pandemic crisis. Uh, yeah. You know, um, so we'll talk a little bit more about market prices and what we think is going to happen. And, and part of that right here is top, you've got average sales growth for next quarter, right? Uh, for Q2 earnings coming up, looking like it's going to be a drop by forecast estimates of 10% here year on year, which is going to be a pretty dramatic drop. Um, those uh, earnings are going to come out kind of like July 1 in the middle of summer. So we have sell in May walk away. We could have Q2 earnings come out really bad at the beginning of summer on light volume. But then, you know, if things look bleak, Q3 comes out really in October when you always typically have this inflection point for the markets. You know, where do you think we have the most substantial risk here to a really large sell-off? Do you think it's in the short term? Um, could the Fed continue to step in, provide liquidity, maybe make this not so bad, but come fall, if things are still looking bleak, maybe the virus comes back around and such. Is that where we might test lows? What's your opinion there, Don? Well, I think that, you know, the Fed and, and the U.S. government uh, have, uh, you know, done everything. They threw the kitchen sink um, and they threw, uh, you know, uh, everything that they've had so far at this. 
we can see that the Federal Reserve balance sheet um, was at about uh, in, in, in September of last year before they started expanding uh, the balance sheet under four million four uh, four trillion dollars, and now we're at six point six five. Um, that's through the end of April. Um, so we've gone uh, for almost a double in the Fed's balance sheet. Uh, and you got to ask yourself, you know, uh, when does this stop and how does it affect the uh, economy going forward? Um, it's a really, um, uh, you know, kind of a scary prospect, especially along with the fiscal stimulus. We now have a uh, budget deficit that's forecast at somewhere between 23 and 25 trillion for this year. Um, we could end the year with a budget deficit that is swelled to the point of almost uh, 30 trillion. Um, and I, again, um, those are big changes uh, to ignore and the market may ignore those, it may ignore those things. One thing that we see Matt put up on the uh, chart here is that when the Fed has expanded their uh, balance sheet and provided more liquidity and backstop for the economy, the S&P has moved higher right along with uh, the extra capital that's deployed in the system. So, you know, this is uh, a market where you, uh, one of the things that uh, folks talk about in the market, one of the uh, things that you don't do is you don't fight the Fed and you certainly don't want to fight the Fed here. And so if the Fed and the U.S. government do provide more monetary and fiscal stimulus support, I expect the market to um, ignore some of this pretty bad, um, historically um, uh, significant and, and terrible numbers that we're going to expect in Q2. I would expect the Fed and the U.S. government to come out with additional stimulus um, the Fed, bad news. Yep, to, to prevent the bad news from causing a huge market sell-off. Yep. You know, I still think we're going to get a market sell-off in um, uh, the next few months. But uh, they'll come with, a, with, with more liquidity, more packages to try and soften that blow and not have a complete meltdown. You bet. As we saw, you know, in the two weeks... Uh, from March 9th through um, um, that two weeks where we had the fastest sell-off in history, indexes were down around 30 or 30 plus percent, S&P. And S &P some was about 35. Your other indexes were down about 45 on small and mid cap. So, I mean, we had this huge sell-off and then the Fed came in and basically, you know, stepped on that uh, sell-off, uh, came out with a, uh, a package QE to infinity, uh, let the markets know in no uncertain terms that, you know, the Fed backstop was not only uh, uh, in place, but they were going to do whatever they had to, to prevent the economy and the markets from uh, cratering. And we've seen that the market rallied from that point on for the last month or so. And we've gotten back uh, quite a bit of what was lost there in that down 35. I think the S&P's only down about 15% now. Um, year to date instead of being down 35. So there's been quite a rally back. I, I would expect the same thing to happen sometime within the next couple of months where the bad news is pretty overwhelming to investors and the Fed's going to come out and I would expect the balance sheet that's now at 6.7 trillion to expand about to about $10 trillion. 
and that uh, we get another two to three trillion dollars of fiscal stimulus on top of the couple trillion dollars that we've already seen. Um, and that may be enough to, you know, get the markets back in rally mode. Um, to finish the year. Yeah, certainly uh, towards the end of the year. And um, we may, you know, that they may essentially uh, plaster of Paris over um, the, uh, you know, Grand Canyon crater that the markets could uh, have uh, uh, sought, you know, to dive into um, without the Fed and the, and, the, and the government support. So one of the things that's really great is that the, you know, the Fed and the government in the U.S., has really moved very quickly to try to do anything that they can to support the economy and the markets. And thank goodness that they're doing that. So I think this is gonna be a very trying time. I think that you know having risk mitigation um, is gonna be critical this year for investors, you know, not to lose a lot of capital and bail and fail when markets do seek you know, low points. They're gonna rally back quickly and people will be get you know, um, wonder why they bailed when they did. But, um, you know, instead of passively sitting by and hoping that this is going to work out, we think there's an opportunity to protect capital and end up um, making some money in some very unfortunate and trying times uh, from a pandemic that is certainly once in a century um, for the U.S. Uh, to deal with. Um, and we can you know, we, we think that there could be some uh, good movement. Now, I think the economy is going to have its fits and starts over the next couple of years to get kind back. Kind of like a W-shaped economy. Yeah. You know, there could be... And recovery. Yeah, there could be some, you know, uh, disappointment, even with the Fed stimulus, that the economy is not growing faster in 2021 and 2022. You know, it could take uh, three, four, five years for the economy to normalize. Uh, which would not be unusual um, because the shutdown that we've had, a, a cessation of all economic activity, um, you know, for the most part is just unbelievable. And it will affect the very foundations of capitalism and, um, you know, the economy broadly. So I think that, uh, you know, we're in the best place that we can be. I do think that it would be uh, smart as an example, after the uh, big rally that we've had, if investors you know, are worried about the future, they take a little chips off the table and they wait and see you know, uh, what May has to bring here. Uh, we get through earnings season and um, that may be a pretty th smart thing to do. Uh, there is an opportunity always to buy low and sell high as long as you didn't lose capital on the way to buy low. So um, uh, that's, that's what we believe uh, to be important. And so, you know, this is, this is a <laughs> historically interesting times. It's tough to know which, which way the market's gonna go on any given day or over a few days. And, um, you know, this is one of those times where we think you have to be nimble and quick uh, it pays to have a professional money manager helping you. Um, and uh, while everybody hopes for the best, you've got to protect your capital from, um, you know, the worst that could happen. Um, because that's, at the end of the day, much more important than chasing return. All right. Well, hey, you know, I, I think, you know, that's, that's what we've got for Bull Bear Radio today. Don, thanks for your thoughts. We'll see you next time. Thanks.
Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time, and there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations services and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc.